Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. One week away from the NFL Draft. It's here. We have finally gotten to the NFL Draft, and this show is going to be all about the NFL Draft. I am going to go over position by position in the NFL Draft in terms of the prospects. I'm going to go over you know, my top three and top five prospects at each position um, coming out in this draft. I'm going to give you my overall top five prospects. And again, that's more or less in accordance with who I actually believe the Eagles can potentially select. Um, we're going to talk all things draft. I'm going to give you my official prediction for the first round. There are two picks, so I mean, I'm going to tell you who I think the Eagles are going to select. Um, and also, we're not going to do the second round because, you know, I realize that, you know, I'm going to be recording after the first round next week. And, well, we'll have a much better and a much more educated guess towards who the Eagles could potentially select in the second round when you actually know who's still available in the second round. So it goes a lot easier. So we'll do second and third round predictions next Thursday after we go over who the Eagles do select, whether it's one, two, three, who knows how many players. Um Again, you just never know what's going to happen. Maybe they trade into the end of the first round. I mean, they're possibly trade out of the first round with one of the picks. It's going to be fun to talk about. But the big news this week was uh, another wide receiver wants out. Debo Samuel has requested a trade from the San Francisco 49ers. Now, instantly, instantly you go on Twitter and the first thing he's, oh my gosh, how we please, how we please trade for Debo Samuel. <sighs> Debo Samuel is a great player. Obviously, he had an unbelievable season. He was a major part, probably the major reason, that the San Francisco 49ers made the playoffs and then subsequently made the NFC Championship game. I mean, they were very close to winning said NFC Championship game, and Debo Samuel was the biggest reason for it all. He was an unbelievable uh, hybrid player last year. He played running back and wide receiver. Now, his wide receiver numbers look pretty good. He had 19 yards per catch, but is Debo Samuel somebody who goes over the top and makes plays at wide receiver? No, it's just not his game. He's a guy, you get the ball to him in space. He's extremely difficult to tackle. Um, And the thing is this. He wants to be a wide receiver. He does not want to be a hybrid player. I'm sure he's not opposed to having a play here and there as a hybrid player, but San Francisco literally was, he was a borderline running back last year, especially in the second half of the season. And he's a smart guy. He realizes that his you know longevity in the NFL depends on his health, and his health is going to get, you know obviously, beat up in terms of, like, physically, he's going to get beat up running between the tackles in the National Football League. He's 26 years old. So I, I don't know if, like, again, I hear he has a good relationship with Kyle Shanahan. Um, maybe he wants to come back to the East Coast because he's from South Carolina. That's what Adam Schefter reported. But I have heard that he has no problems with Kyle Shanahan, but he does want to be more or less a, a wide receiver. He's due a big contract. I heard the 49ers are willing to give him that contract. But, uh, again, he just wants out. It's... It is what it is. Now, let's circle this back to the Eagles. Would I trade a first-round pick for Debo Samuel? No. I would not trade a first-round pick for Debo Samuel. And my reason is this. The Eagles have a guy who, you know, is your route-running expert. You know what I mean? That's what Devontae Smith is. 
I know people like to just finger point at Devontae Smith's size, but Devontae Smith is a get-open-quick, phenomenal route-running wide receiver. And getting Debo Samuel, of course it makes the Eagles' offense better because he's a weapon. He He's an unbelievable football player. By the way, he's only had one year of major productivity, and he's coming off a year prior where he only played six games. So, I mean, it's not like this has been something he's been doing for years. He did it for a year, and he's due a very big contract. But he doesn't really, in terms of just as a wide receiver, give the Eagles another dimension. You know what I mean? Is Debo Samuel going to be better than most of these receivers in this draft? Of course he is. He's a very good football player. But I believe the best course for the Eagles is you take a wide receiver at 15, you have that player then under cost control for the next five seasons, which is very big. And you're also not then losing that extra money to pay a wide receiver. You know, like you'll have Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and this receiver under cost control for, you know, the next two seasons with Quez. Um, the next, you know, four seasons, really, or was it? Once, yeah, four seasons with Devontae. And then five seasons with this new uh, wide receiver. So you are really good then at the wide receiver position for the next two years for sure, four years in essence, because that's the next time you'd actually have to go up and now do a contract for Devontae Smith. It's just the quickest way for the Eagles to win because they're going to need that money on defense. Clearly, you know, the cupboard's bare on our defense. I just don't want like the idea of pumping that much money into the wide receiver position, especially, hey, here's another thing too. I'm a Jalen Hurts guy, 100%. I think Jalen Hurts is going to win this job. So here's the thing. He's going to have to get paid, right? Jalen Hurts. Because, like, his contract, like, is he, like he's a second-round pick. So, I mean, he is not a five-year option player. He's two years in. He's only got two years left. He's eligible for an extension, I believe, at the end of next season. And, again, if Jalen Hurts falls flat on his face and the Eagles have to go get a quarterback, it, they're still going to be an attractive destination to a quarterback now because guess what? They'll have Devontae Smith, you'll have Quez Watkins, and maybe you have Jamison Williams, maybe you have Chris Olave, maybe you have Garrett Wilson, maybe you have George Pickens. But that is a lot better, and Dallas Goddard also on top of that. That makes quarterbacks possibly want to come here. And, and heck, they could, might draft a rookie, you never know. But I'm just telling you that... You're going to need that money for the quarterback position. You know, you're not going to be having a quarterback on a second round deal for much longer. So, I mean, it just is what it is. So, all in all, would I trade for Debo Samuel? I would not. I think they're better off allocating those assets elsewhere. I mean, I just think that if you're not getting Debo Samuel to be the hybrid player that he was, the weapon that he was this season, then you're getting less than, you know, that that's what made him such a valuable player. And I trust me, I am not like, I clearly understand what he's trying to do in terms of preserving the longevity of his career because he does not want to be a running back. But also at the same time, it's just, that's what he does best. He's really good at it. So unless you're getting the Debo Samuel, who was able to be the Debo Samuel that he was last year, I, I'm just I'm not interested in in trading any big time asset and then paying said player a lot of money if you're not getting the version of the player that excelled last season. So yes, I am all in all I am out 
on Debo Samuel. Now, here's another thing. The Eagles had other news at wide receiver because looks like our favorite second-round pick, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, is transitioning from wide receiver to tight end, a move people have been calling for for, what, two years? I mentioned it last year. Maybe he moves to tight end. He essentially played tight end this year for the Eagles because he was on the field to essentially block for most of uh, the season. Like, you know, but he had that chance in the Dallas game where he dropped the gimme touchdown. Who knows? Maybe he goes to tight end, helps him with his confidence. The Eagles were trying to get Tyree Jackson to be that guy. He blew his knee out in uh, December, so who knows where he's going to be in terms of health come the start of the season. Um, who knows where they're going to be able to draft somebody, but I think it's the best way for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside to potentially make this team is to move to tight end and try to excel at that position. I think it's the best way for him to continue his NFL career, honestly, because it wasn't just it was not working as a wide receiver. So do I think this is a, a net positive move? I mean, who knows? He got a lot of experience blocking last year. So, I mean, he's going to put on some size, I'd assume. And heck, maybe, who knows, maybe he ends up being a good tight end. It's possible, sure. Is it likely? No. But is it possible? Absolutely. And again, he's going to be behind Dallas Goddard and Jack Stoll, so it's not like it's crucial for him to be really good. And heck, the Eagles might draft a rookie as well if, um, you know, all things fall in place and, you know, somebody there at 101 in the third round that they like or in the fourth round, there'll be competition as well. But he was never going to make this team as a wide receiver. That was over. So moving to tight end gives him another chance and good for him. Now, let's get into some major draft talk. That's what we're here for. This is the draft. It's next week. It's one of the biggest weeks in terms of this team in a long time. They have two first-round picks, two top 18 picks in this draft. Um... We need to know what the Eagles are going to do. Let's go over all the options. But before I do, I just have a quick word here from Anchor. First things first, let's go over all the positions and who I believe are the top prospects at each position. Now, obviously the Eagles, I I would hope, are not going to be in the offensive line you know, category here. I did list them, but again, I'm hoping that the Eagles kind of Stay away, obviously, from that because that's not something they really need. And I know you're supposed to pick best player available, but um, again, you could also understand where the strengths of your team are and you have to identify other areas that you may have to go in. Um, so let's just start there. So let, let, let's do a whole rundown here of position by position. And again, some I just did top three because we're not going to go into quarterbacks here, really, because the Eagles are not going to be selecting a quarterback, I believe, in the first round. So it's kind of stupid to detail. Oh, yeah, I guess if you want to go into the later draft. And here's the thing. We're going to do that tomorrow or on tomorrow, next Thursday, because, yeah, it is possible the Eagles could take a quarterback in round two, three, four, I guess. I mean, I'd be stunned if they pick one at 51, but I was stunned they took Hertz at 52. But I'd also think that it's more or less possible they could pick one at 83, 101, you know, in the 120s, 150s for sure. Now, the top three quarterbacks I have in this draft, in order, are the following. I would go Kenny Pickett, I believe, is number one. I think it's not even close. I don't understand this whole thing with Kenny Pickett. I don't get why people are so, you know, sour on him. I mean, I think Kenny Pickett is a really, really good prospect. I would say if Kenny Pickett came out in last year's draft, I would have had him ahead of Trey Lance. I, I mean, Zach Wilson went number two overall. Now, Zach Wilson has a cannon for an arm. I understand that. He has higher throwing power. And he has really good... And again, I understand Kenny Pickett sometimes leaves clean pockets, but Kenny Pickett, to me, like 
that dude could sling the football. He throws on rhythm. He throws on time. Uh, I think Kenny Pickett's really, really good. I don't get why, Ken, I mean, his hand size and his fumbling, and I get it. And if his hand size correlates with why he was fumbling so much, then yes, obviously, it makes a lot of sense as to why Kenny Pickett then would not be a top 10 pick, but it stuns me, absolutely stuns me that Kenny Pickett is being talked about not in the top 10. I will not believe it until it happens. I still think there's a very good shot he can go number six overall in Carolina. I believe he is the top guy in this draft. Number two, uh, I mean, personally, to me, I would probably have Matt Corral, number two. I, I his I think he's a more low-floor player than Malik Willis, and Malik, Malik Willis would be uh, three, but Malik Willis clearly has a higher ceiling. The guy has an absolute cannon for an arm. He reminds me a lot of Josh Allen. Josh Allen did not have particularly good tape at Wyoming, hence why he was like the fourth or fifth quarterback drafted in his class. Um, cannon arm, good athlete. Malik Willis is probably even a better athlete than Josh Allen was, but the problem was is just throwing accuracy. And, and Willis, obviously, he's just. I watched that game with Mississippi, ironically, with Matt Corral, and he was just. It wasn't there. I mean, there's there's flashes with this guy, obviously, where he looks like the part. I mean, he could throw the ball like he's got things you can't coach. But it's getting all those things out, and I just don't know if again it's a risk. That's the thing with Willis. High reward, but high risk. So I would go Corral 2 and then uh, Malik Willis 3. Now, running back, again, this is something where I think the Eagles are going to probably be looking at running back maybe in the later rounds. But Brees Hall from Iowa State, obviously he's the best running back in the draft. Kenneth Walker from Michigan State, he's the second best running back. Those guys will more or less go in the second round, I think. Now, third, is he the third best running back in this draft? No. Will he be the third? I don't know. Probably not. But there's a guy I like, and I think he's very possible for the Eagles here. And it could be, uh, a, obviously, a day three pick. could be in the seventh round. Kid from Oklahoma, Kennedy Brooks. I liked him last year. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows if he's even, like, if, if he's even drafted. But I'm a guy who likes Kennedy Brooks, and I just put him third there because that would be a guy where if the Eagles got him as an undrafted free agent or if they got him in the seventh round, I'd be ecstatic because I think that guy has some play in him. Now. Let's go over what is the most important position here in this draft. It's wide receiver. The Eagles obviously are clearly targeting, upgrading their wide receiver position. So who are, now this isn't a top three, I did a top five. And again, I'm going to do a top five next week, probably for the second round, if they somehow do not get a wide receiver in round one. Who are my five top receivers in this draft? Number one to me is Jamison Williams. I think Jamison Williams has special, special written all over him. I think the only reason that Jameson Williams is not being talked about as a top five pick is because his knee exploded. Uh, and again, it was just an ACL tear. It's not like his MCL or PCL or meniscus or anything else. Just a clean ACL tear happened in the national championship. Uh, that's the only reason the Eagles even have a shot at possibly getting him. I think that shot has wavered. I mean, I think they may have to trade up if they really want to get him, which is something I'd be all for. If the Eagles have to trade up to get Jamison Williams, I am all for it. I would not cry one single bit about it because I'm telling you this right now. He has special written all over him, and he's exactly what the Eagles need. He brings a dynamic that Devontae Smith doesn't have. He brings a dynamic that Quez Watkins doesn't have. He is an elite downfield wide receiver, but he can also make catches over the middle. He's physical. 
I love Jamison Williams. He would be, he's my number one overall, spoiler. He's the number one guy I would want. Now, number two. I, this is tough. I, I've been flip-flopping. I'm going right back to what I said initially when the draft came out. I'm going with Chris Olave too. I don't care. I like Chris Olave. You could tell me he's a little soft over the middle. You could try to tell me this. He just catches the football. He catches the football. And he hits home runs. He is a home run hitter. Chris Olave is easily my number two Ohio State. His teammate from Ohio State's three, Garrett Wilson. He's another one. Just a great route runner. He's an Eagles fan. Um, again, very good with his hands. He's great at catching the football. Uh, now, number four. This is where it goes to a guy where, you know, his name is starting to get talked about a lot more, and it should be. It's George Pickens from Georgia. He has the lowest drop rate of all the prospects coming out. His is at 2.1%. You know, just to talk about other guys, Olave was 4.7%. Jahan Dotson, 5.1%. Drake London, 5.7%. Garrett Wilson, 6.8%. Jameson Williams, obviously, this is a little concerning with 7.7%, but again, I, I still, still my number one guy. Christian Watson, by the way, for instance, the the guy from North Dakota State who everybody's all about because he's 6'4", he's extremely fast, 12.7. So clearly his hands are a major issue, but Pickens is not. It it really comes down to this. If Williams and Olave are gone and the Eagles have to sit there and decide on Garrett Wilson or George Pickens, which I, I'd envision if, if that happens, Wilson's gone too. Uh, again, George Pickens to me is... He's the guy I want to get if the draft just blows up. And what I mean by that is Olave and Williams and Wilson are all gone before the Eagles pick at 15. I'd be If they took him at 15, I would not cry one bit. He's coming off an injury. I understand that. But George Pickens was really good. He's got great hands. He's got good size. I'm all about George Pickens. And then number five is Jahan Dotson from Penn State. I mean, I don't think Dotson gets out of the first round. So, I mean, he'd be a potential where if those guys are all gone and they don't want to take pickings, uh, they pick 15, they pick, you know, an end if there's one there or they go with one of the interior linemen. I'd be cool trading down at 18. You know, if you have the opportunity to go down, somebody wants to come up, you're still in the first round, you could pick a Jahan Dotson later in the first round. That'd be fine with me. Those are my top five at wide receiver. So it's Williams, Wilson, Olave, Pickens, and Dotson. Tight ends. This is more or less, you know, a day two, end of day two, day three thing. But the three best I have, uh, Greg Dulcich from uh, UCLA, Greg McBride, Colorado State, and Isaiah Likely, Coastal Carolina. Again, we're going to probably more talk about that position. Thursday night, Friday night, one of those nights going into Saturday probably. I mean, more or less probably going into Saturday. That, that looks like a day three target for the Eagles, especially now with Jay Jaw moving to tight end. And I mean that, like that, that is a big deal for them. Like they're looking for a developmental tight end. They might already have one in the building. Now, offensive tackle, um, Icom Ikuono from uh, North Carolina State. He might be the first one off the board. Evan Neal from Alabama, Charles Cross from Mississippi State. So the SEC guys there, they are the three best. They're all going to go in the top 10. Interior lineman, Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa, the center. He's the best one. Kenyon Green, Texas A&M, and Zion Johnson from Boston College. Again, I, I don't know where Green and Johnson are going to go. Linderbaum could go anywhere inside the top 15. He could go later in the... I, I, it just is what it is. But he has all-pro uh, center potential. Now, defensive end. This is another big one for the Eagles. This is a huge position for the Eagles because, again, 
that they're they're in the market for a DN. They don't necessarily need one so much for next season as they are going to need one for going forward after that season. So, uh, but again, we're we're not going to complain here if we get a guy who could play at the end that takes reps from you know Derek Barnett. You know, you're not losing any sleep over that. You know, Brandon Graham obviously is he's coming off an Achilles. He's going to need some time. He's already a, an aging player as is, but he's going to need some time as well. You saw what happens with players when they come back from getting hurt. Their focus is on getting healthy, not better. Number one for me, Kayvon Thibodeau, Oregon. I'm sorry, I like I love Kayvon Thibodeau. I know the negatives are all, oh, is he Davion Clowney 2.0? I, I, maybe he's not as flexible as people thought, whatever. Kayvon Thibodeau to me, I've seen him. Anytime I watched Oregon, he stuck out. When he was playing, he stuck out. He did not play in that Ohio State game that they beat Ohio State, which is crazy. Their biggest win, but he stuck out so much in that UCLA game, he was incredible. Uh, two, Aiden Hutchinson. Hutchinson is... You know, not the premier athlete, but he's a premier thinker, obviously, when he plays. I mean, he's a Heisman candidate for a reason. Three, uh, Trayvon Walker, Georgia. He's just an elite athlete. He could play all over the line of scrimmage, too, which is nice, because the Eagles like to have those NASCAR packages. Walker could slide inside. He could stay outside. He's, he has Brandon Graham type of uh, traits, which is really good. Four, uh, Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Obviously, we've had success drafting ends from Florida State, Josh Sweat. Johnson, I mean, I don't know what's going to be. I mean, he's had a lot of spice this week going inside the top 10 now, so he'd be somebody I could see the Eagles potentially trading up for. And then five is David Ajabo. He's coming off the Achilles from Michigan as well. Um, he was going to be a project player to begin with, so if he was somebody you were picking, you're, you're picking him not to play necessarily so much this year, but it'd be for next year. Well, now he's got an Achilles, so really you'd be picking him for next year. And it's something I could absolutely see the Eagles doing. The tackles. Now, my number one is Jordan Davis. I know his elite size, and he only played 20 snaps a game at Georgia. He's got elite size. You can't teach that. He's an elite athlete for his size. The, the Eagles like to rotate uh, rotate defensive tackles to begin with, but Jordan Davis just has traits that you cannot coach. Two for me is Perrion Winfrey from Oklahoma. I know that stuns people because Devontae Wyatt is supposed to be the number two guy, uh, Jordan Davis's teammate. He has questions now off the field. I have him at three, but Perrion Winfrey from Oklahoma, I really, really like him. They could sit here and try to argue that he's maybe not so stout against the run, but he knows how to get to the passer, and I love that, and especially in an interior lineman, in a passing league. Four, I had Travis Jones from Connecticut. I know Hall from Houston's coming up there, but he's really undersized. Jones is a big dude. He's a big, big body, especially in the middle there. And five years ago, nobody's really talking about much. I liked him from LSU. Some of the stuff I watched on him here in the last couple of weeks, Neil Farrell. I think he could be a prime, like, fourth-round pick. Like, it, it, And again, he might go in the second round, for all I know. But if he's available in the fourth round, I think you're getting a steal. And Eagles have done well with LSU defensive tackles in later rounds. You know, like, Benny Logan was a good pick, right? He was. I mean, I think we picked him over the Honey Badger, go figure. And we're talking about Tyron Matthew now this week here, especially in Philadelphia. But uh, Neil Farrell somebody I really like. Linebacker, spoiler, they're not take, uh, taking one in the first round, but we're going to talk linebackers anyway because, hey, maybe in the second round, third round, it could become possible. I think N'Kobe Dean's the best linebacker. I'd go with him number one. He was the number the, the field general for the best defense in college football by leaps and bounds last year. N'Kobe Dean, to me, is don't overthink it. He's the best linebacker. Two is um, Devin Lloyd. Now, again, remember, by the way, the Eagles might take a linebacker in round one eventually. Brandon Graham was a linebacker, but I'm talking off ball. They're not picking guys that don't rush the passer. Um, so Devin Lloyd to me, uh, he was number two. Christian Harris is somebody I really like from Alabama. I like Christian Harris. He's a little undersized, but I really, really like Christian Harris. He'd be a dream for me. If the Eagles do pick him at 51, I'd be thrilled. Uh, Quay Walker, Georgia guy. 
you know, hey, they're the best defense in football for a reason. You're not going to complain about picking guys like Quay Walker. Five, now Leo Chanel from Wisconsin. Leo Chanel has old-school linebacker size. Guy's over 250 pounds. He's a good athlete. He is a bruiser. He's going to hit you. He's a prototypical middle linebacker. I like Leo Chanel. If they got him, awesome pick. That would be an awesome pick because he brings physicality to the position. Cornerback, which is obviously another really, really hot-button issue here in Philadelphia because we really don't have a starting outside cornerback right now. It looks like we're going to have to get it in the draft. So, because uh, Stephon Gilmore signed with the Colts this week. By the way, the Eagles were in on Stephon Gilmore. They made a competitive offer, but they didn't get him. Tell me where you heard that before. My corners, one, Ahmad Gardner. Gardner's the best player in the draft. I mean, really, he, he, is, he is the best player in the draft. He's the cleanest player in this draft in terms of, like, traits, you know, productivity in college, everything. Ahmad Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati is the top guy. If he's there at six, without question... I would have no problem with the Eagles making a trade package up, as long as it doesn't involve giving up both first-round picks, because I don't think it should have to, especially in this draft when there's no real quarterbacks to go get. I'd be psyched if the Eagles traded up and picked Ahmad Gardner. That would be a, a grand slam pick. Number two, Derek Stingley. Now, the problem with Stingley is this. He's been hurt. His freshman year, that 2019 season for LSU, where they were possibly the greatest college team ever, he was unbelievable. Like, he, he was penciled in as a top-five pick that, like after that season. Problem is, he got hurt a lot. And you know what I mean? And he looks like his, his interest has waned. So it's a risky pick. But Stingley has the potential to be an elite corner in the NFL. He showed he could do it as a freshman. It's just hoping his health, you know, recovers, obviously, and, and his, you know, want to being a, that good of a player again comes back as well. Now, three for me, Roger McCreary. I love Roger McCreary. Oh, he's got short arms. Okay. This dude's a fighter. Auburn, he always stuck out anytime I watched Auburn play. I love Roger McCreary. I would be ecstatic if the Eagles somehow snagged Roger McCreary. I don't know how they're going to do it because he ain't going to be there at 51. I think they're going to have to pick him in the third round or early second round. I, I mean, I, I could foresee a situation where the Eagles pick him at 18. I don't know if they're going to. I don't know who their top 30 visits were. I mean, I know a bunch of guys, like the, the two tackles from Georgia. You know, Corral was a big deal because he's a quarterback. You know, the wide receivers, Williams and, and Olave, came in. You only heard a bunch of these things. You don't know all of the guys who did come in. But that would be somebody. Oh, my gosh, I'd love to get Roger McCreary. Uh, my fourth, uh, wide, uh, fourth wide receiver, fourth corner, uh, I put Andrew Booth from Clemson. Again, who knows? I just think this with these corners. I think outside of those top three guys, right? And again, I know McCreary doesn't get talked about with them, but I outside for me personally, outside of those top three guys, I I just don't feel that there is much of a gap in terms of what they pl uh, present, like McDuffie and you know Kyer Elam, who I have as my fifth guy, by the way. Uh, I just think that those guys. Like they all kind of fall together, and I would not be in the business of saying, "Okay, I got to reach for one of these guys." Like I think they could start. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying they can't start for you, but I'm also not going out of my way at 51, for instance. Like let's just say the Eagles pick a wide receiver and a D end or D tackle in the first round. So then at 51, you kind of know that they got to go and get a corner somewhere, uh, unless like a McCreary is falling. 
I'm really not moving up unless all the other corners, like for instance, Elon Booth, all these guys are coming off the board and you, you kind of see that there's being a run on them. That would be the only con- condition where I would think about trading up. But I'm not running, you know, I'm not trying to give up assets to get Trent McDuffie. I'm really not. Safety. Now, safety, again, are they picking a safety in round one? No. But if Kyle Hamilton somehow fell to 15, they have every right to pick Kyle Hamilton right there. This guy is really good. Oh, his his numbers, uh, you know, whatever. It's so stupid. He, he, he watch Notre Dame play? He's really good. He's a really, really good safety. He's all pro potential as a safety. Give me Kyle Hamilton in a second. Uh, two for me is Daxton Hill because Daxton Hill is Tyron Matthew. I would be so happy if the Eagles picked Jamison Williams and they took Daxton Hill with their second first round pick. They Oh, that's a reach. Not for me. Daxton Hill is a freaking plug-and-play player. He could play all over. He's got slot corner potential. You can have him on the outside. He could be a safety. He is Tyron Matthew. He is the Tyron Matthew in this draft. And by the way, in case you didn't know, Tyron Matthew doesn't have a position. Yeah, he did have a position as an all-pro safety for the Kansas City Chiefs the year they won the Super Bowl. Give me Daxton Hill. Three, Jaquan Brisker, Penn State. Obviously, again, he might be there at 51. The Eagles might have a shot if they really want to wait on safety and they could pick possibly Brisker in the second round. Uh, Brian Cook from Cincinnati's four. Cincinnati had a really good defense. Cook's a really good player. He might be available in the third round. So, I mean, like, they get him. Trust me, that is a major upgrade over guys like Kayvon Wallace and Anthony Harris. Brian Cook is a a plug-and-play player for me as well. And then fifth, I have Jalen Petrie from Baylor. I don't know. Again, I've seen some good things on him, but uh, yes, or JT Woods, guys like that that might be available that you can kind of get in later rounds, but I'm not taking Petrie. He might go in the top two rounds. I wouldn't take him there. If he was available at 83, now we're talking, but a guy like JT Woods might potentially be there. But I'm thinking like Brian Cook would be the If you told me I could plan out this draft, I would say at 83, the Eagles select Brian Cook or 101, one of those third round picks. And I'm thrilled. I'm ecstatic. And he is starting for me game one. Well, we're finally here. So there's all the major prospects. We talked about all of them. What do the Eagles do? First and foremost, I think there's a... I, I would say to you, the odds of the Eagles picking at 15 are about 15%. I think they're going to make a trade. I don't know if it's going to be up. I don't know if it's going to be down. My guess would be it's up. I think they're going to want to go up. I think they want to... Really, I think ideally they want to go up and get Sauce Gardner, which is a great, great strategy. They didn't bring him and Kayvon Thibodeau in for visits this uh, during this uh, you know pre-draft period. You know, for, for shits and giggles. Those guys were in because they believe that there's a potential that if they start sliding, we're going up. Which makes me think that the Eagles might have a deal in place with a team like Carolina, like people have talked about, that there might be a deal already in place. Because Howie Roseman spoke, by the way. Him and Nick Sirianni spoke this week. And again, nothing was really said, but he did kind of alleviate, or allow people to know that, hey, these trades that happened in the round, in like round one, like these are talked about. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like... For instance, he detailed that the trade they made with the Cowboys last year, like they had already planned that trade out. Like this was planned out weeks before. So they just called Jerry and they go, hey, Jerry, you know, you know, that trade we talked about that we agreed to if we had to do it. Still good. Good. OK, cool. It's done. Now, he said in later rounds, obviously, that's not the case because there's no need to have those trades laid out because you don't know what players are going to be there. But in round one, you kind of have an idea of who you want to get and things like that. So these trades are ironed out. So my guess is they have a trade in the top 10 right now that they feel pretty good that they could pull off if need be and that it's for Gardner or Thibodeau. 
Those are the two guys. I think those are the two guys that they really, really want if they slide. It would be Thibodeau or Gardner. My hope would be that if those guys are gone in the top four, which is probably more than likely, that if they had to go up to six, they would pick Williams. I don't think they're going to trade up to pick a wide receiver at six. Just that's how I feel. I mean, they could have stayed at six last year and picked a wide receiver, and they traded down. Now they got Devontae Smith, but they, you know, <laughs> at the time, you know, they, they traded out of a spot where they could have got a potential for Jamar Chase, you know, or uh, Jalen Waddle, obviously, who did go six, or Kyle Pitts, and they felt comfortable going down. So I don't think they're going to ever go up for a wide receiver. I mean, people think they might go up for a guy like Jermaine Johnson, which, hey, I totally could see them going up for an end. But uh, my prediction right now, officially, at 15, because I think Williams will be gone. I'm going to go Chris Olave as the pick at 15. And their second pick... Oof, I just... If Davis or Wyatt... They had Davis and Wyatt in. Uh, I don't want to say... Karloftis, the defensive end from Iowa. I, I don't want that. Because I, I like guys in the second round, especially like a potential for a guy like a Nick Benito um, from Oklahoma. I'm going to go in the second round, or my 18th overall selection here. As much as I wanted it to be like Daxton Hill, thinking like the Eagles, Andrew Booth will be my official prediction. So my prediction for this draft, let's hope it's not Drake London. Um, I'm a USC guy, but again, he's not the bigger body that you think he is. And it's a guys who just make contested catches in college. That's fantastic. But in the NFL, if you're covered in college, you're going to be covered in the NFL and you're covered a lot more. I'm going to go with Chris Olave and Andrew Booth. That is my official prediction a week out. Things can come out by the way this week. So I'm like doing this really early, like all these mock drafts guys, they'll do their shows this week. So they'll have chances earlier on, but I'm going to try to be the first one out there. My prediction is Chris Olave and Andrew Booth. Draft is next week. Finally, it's here. I'm going to be ready to unleash after this first round next week. Um, hey, I could be celebratory in a way too. Like, what if the Eagles trade up and they get Gardner? And then they trade up again and they get Williams. I, I mean, that would be the all-time greatest first round ever. By the way, the Jets like have a realistic shot to just do that, which is wild to me. They could pick uh, Gardner at four and Williams at ten and make me the most jealous man in the world that they got the two guys that I would label as the number one and two guys on my all-prospect board here, which, by the way, I didn't give yet. So, like, right now, if you said to me who are my top five guys realistically for the Eagles right now, my top five prospects would be Williams, or Jameson Williams, one, two, Ahmad Gardner, three, Chris Olave, four, Garrett Wilson, and five, Kyle Hamilton. And, by the way, tied with Daxton Hill, by the way, there at five and a half because he's somebody else I really, really like. So that would be the five guys I would have, like Williams, Gardner, Olave, Wilson, and Hamilton, and then, you know, Daxton Hill is right there as an honorable mention. Can't wait for next week. Looking forward to talking about this. Let's just hope. If the Eagles get Olave, it's a grand slam. If they get Andrew Booth with that second pick, hey, that's still a success to me. That's two positions in need, and those are two really highly rated players. They're not stretches by any stretch of the imagination. Though that Again, I get it that you think in your head that the Eagles might be reaching there with the corner, and it is possible that they are reaching there with that corner, but I would say to you this, um, you could do a lot worse. I don't think you're going to get, like, if you told me Booth or Karloftis, I'd probably rather prefer Andrew Booth. I want everybody out there to stay safe, 
stay healthy, stay educated, and as always, go Eagles, go.